I think that that could be said for just about anything, whether it's like, why am I working at my job? When you wake up in the morning and you know why, and you've driven with a purpose and a passion for it, uh, then you'll know what to do. Um, God will just reveal things more and more, but you have to know the why. Anything you do, you have to get down to the why first. All the other details will iron themselves out and you'll figure things out as you go. Um, But that all comes from the reason and the purpose of why it is you're doing what you're doing. Welcome back to Beyond the Surface. I'm your host, Ezra Gill, and here we aim to have God-centered, meaningful conversations relevant to students and young adults. This is the third and final part of my interview with Austin Ryder, where he gave us a brief introduction to theology and why we should dedicate time and effort to studying the Bible. If you enjoy our conversation, we'd love it if you followed us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, and if you shared this episode with a friend or on your socials. Thanks for joining us, and we pray this episode encourages you to study God's Word in a new and fresh way. I want to kind of take a left turn here and kind of go into the last subject of uh, what you're really passionate about, and that is theology. You know, I noticed that you do uh, study quite a lot of theology as of lately, and I've actually seen how it's shaped and formed you as a believer and as just a thinker. I don't know. I just want you to just to give your thoughts on why theology is important for us to study, um, how it changed you. I know personally for me, I don't study theology as much as I'd like to, but I want to really grow in this and challenge myself as a believer, not just to, you know, read something and just to be like, all right, it's true, but to really think and to process and to consider, you know, where's my faith and all this and what do I believe in? Um, So yeah, give us your thoughts on just theology in general. What are some things that you've learned that have shaped you? Such a key question. I know that like, it's like this big word and we sort of hype it up maybe unnecessarily or like we think extra of somebody who is a robust thinker in theology or something like that. At the core of it, all theology is like the word literally just means the study of God. I think it's important though, that we understand the underpinnings of the Bible and actually study it deeply. So this is this is what people would call systematic theology, where you in a regimented way, try to understand the things of the Bible in an organized fashion. That's what people, I think, really, really mean when they when they talk about theology or, again, systematic theology. The reason I think it's so important is because the Bible is complex. The Bible is the coolest document because it is revelatory to whom God reveals. There's so many verses about blinders being on the eyes of unbelievers. It's only what God wills us to have revelation of that we eventually get, you know, the light bulbs turn on. We're never going to know everything. Anybody who says that the Bible is a simple document may have too simple of an understanding of the document. Some parts of the gospel are refreshingly simple. And I think that's by design. Everybody can hear the gospel and understand it. Again, there's that sort of revelation piece. I think it was, it wasn't it Jesus talking to is either John or Peter saying, yeah, you heard these things, but you had revelation and that's the rock on which my kingdom is going to be built without that revelation, without actually like God illuminating something within you, you can hear something a million times and it just doesn't sink in. And that's the case too with believers and unbelievers alike. If that wasn't the case with believers, you would understand the entire Bible all at once. And that's that's just not the case. So the so the reason theology, uh, studying it is so important is because we don't understand what we don't understand. And having systems to organize how we understand an ununderstandable God, we'll never know. His ways are higher than our ways. Being able to organize it 
is going to help you in your faith walk so much more than if you just try to read the Bible yourself, which by the way, you can totally do. God gives you revelation with or without theology class or a theology textbook or something like that. But if you do have those resources available to you, it's going to make your understanding of the Lord and, uh, and, and you'll probably see it in your personal life as well. I talk to some people and they're just like, well, I don't read any Bible commentary or I only read from one translation. That's all I need. I don't need to read any other books and anything like that. And for me, like, man, there's no way I could ever be that arrogant. I need all the help I can possibly get. I'm constantly reading other books and I'm, you know, referencing other translations and looking up different words and the translations of certain words from the original Greek, not because I'm smart, but actually because I need help. Literally, I need help understanding this. There's no way I could just read the Bible just directly as it is and just get everything. That's why I'm reading other books, why I'm talking with other people and you know, talking with people like you and with pastors and dissecting uh, scripture as it is. That's the fun way is going on that journey. And that's I think that's uh, how um, God made the Bible and how God uh, wants us to live this life. And I'm not suggesting that the Bible is incomplete. I'm not suggesting that we need all those books in Barnes and Nobles and the, the Christian section and all. And I'm not putting that on the same level as the Bible. The Bible is complete. It is the foundation of our faith. It is fully authentic and it is the word of God. You know, it's living and active. But if you have the resource, if you have the resources and you have the opportunity to learn about it even more, why not? Just go for it. Just learn as much as you possibly can because it is such a rich and deep book. It's been written over the course of hundreds of years and is still being studied to this day. And to this day, there is still more revelation and still more knowledge that is being extracted from it. And people are still having these divine revelations from this book that was written from so long ago. It's such a vast and and complex and beautiful symphony of words and of music and of stories and of wisdom, poetry. You might as well get the full experience from it by referencing as much as you possibly can. The problem is not the sufficiency of scripture. The problem is the insufficiency of our understanding. So essentially, the, the to the person who may say, uh, all I need is uh, my, my Bible in the beach, that kind of a thing. Again, scripture is sufficient. Your understanding is not. And that is why studying theology in sort of a regimented, organized way could be helpful to you. If you go through and say, man, this just I've tried this and I've really not learned anything. First, I would commit that um, you've probably not tried because there, there is definitely things to be learned uh, in, in studying scripture. Scripture is sufficient. You don't need all the books in Barnes & Noble. But you know, at the same token, the reason why you are in Barnes & Noble in the first place is because your understanding is insufficient. Knowledge is only going to come to the to the person who asks the question. Um, if, if you think that, uh, that you are set, you are. You're not going to learn anything else. And also, you mentioned something about translations. Um, this actually goes back to uh, the finance conversation about diversification. Translations are lacking. If you could read straight from the original languages, scriptures would probably be so much more revelatory to you. You could see so much more information. You know, the problem is I don't know Arabic, Aramaic, and Greek and Hebrew. I'm sure that is the experience of uh, most Bible readers. Each translation has its errors. And that is actually why you need to read a bevy of translations is to plug those gaps. There's actually only one translation I am pretty opposed to, but as long as you read it, even if you have beef with any translation other than Hawaiian Pigeon, Hawaiian Pigeon is the best translation in the world. I don't know if anybody out there knows Hawaiian Pigeon. It is. 
Hawaiian Pigeon is is phenomenal. It is great. Yes. Anyone who has not read from the Hawaiian Pigeon, go to the Bible app right now. Look it up. Start reading H-B-P. the entire Bible. It's great. Yeah, I can confirm the two of us are in agreement. Hawaiian Pigeon, great translation. Just so you know, we're, this is a joke. That is a joke. Yes, you will be appalled. Um, unless that maybe is a comfortable uh, speaking dialect, in which case you may be overjoyed to now have uh, your favorite translation. But even if you're uncomfortable with any translation, for example, I'm not a massive fan of the Passion Translation um, because the descriptions in the Passion Translations tend to be a bit overextended. There's just a lot of like fluff, which sometimes if you're just reading like um, a passage where, you know, you just want a fresh understanding of something. Ultimately, translations are all based on the underlying words. Even if I don't like the Passion Translation all that much, I can still read it in concert with other translations to get a fuller understanding of the passage. Because again, no no translation is complete or inerrant. Um, There's constantly updates. If anybody has had the Bible app for more than 10 minutes on their phone, you'll see whenever you download a translation, it'll say there's an update. You want to download the update? There's constantly revisions to Bible translations. Why? Because again, our understanding of the Bible is insufficient. And we go back and we find that there were errors. And then we go make amendments because we're humans to our translations. The actual texts are the most well-preserved document in all of all of humankind. Our rehashing, retranslating of them for different audiences. That's why we have to get different translations. That's why that's why that's important. I, I like that you mentioned that. Really good point. There's there's so much to theology. Like, what does it mean like to, to study God? The the most foremost conversation that will illuminate a lot of your beliefs on many other topics. This conversation of Arminianism versus Calvinism, it is a very far-reaching conversation. It is something I have been studying and have been so enjoying. I've just been hooked for the past maybe 24 months on all things theology. Um, No matter where you come down in that spectrum, Calvinism, Arminianism, what you want to do if you do want to study this stuff out and really just have like a richer understanding is you want to stay within what we would call maybe the the sandbox of orthodoxy. You don't want to veer super, super far onto either side, full-blown Arminianism or hyper-Calvinism. Anything beyond that, you'd be sort of, again, outside of the, the sandbox of orthodoxy. You'd be into what you call heterodoxy, which are like the fringe ideas usually are pretty scant in terms of uh, scriptural foundation. That's where you really start to um, pick up a lot of biblical errors. I hope this is an encouraging conversation for somebody who just wants to study the Bible in a new way, because that was me again about maybe 24 months ago. I think I picked up a lot of Bible errors myself just from hearing the word and never learning the what before the why. If you just take information at face value, never study it yourself. You're like, okay, you know, this is fine. Once your feet get put to the fire, you have to start asking yourself, why do I believe this? I know what I believe. Why do I believe it? I I don't think this is actually very controversial. If you learn the what before the why, you're going to deconstruct. I know that's a very hot button word is deconstruction in your faith. If you don't actually understand the why of whatever it is you're learning, you're going to have to go back and relearn it later. It could cause significant issues in how you perceive God and how you perceive others. If you just take what your pastor says as gospel, And uh, I did this out of laziness, I think, for many years. I I never really delved into the why of what I believe. That is what created a thirst for wanting to study theology. And that, I think, studying theology for me is what addressed the learning the what before the why is my indolence over the years of not learning like I should have been doing. 
I think that that could be said for just about anything, whether it's like, why am I working at my job? When you wake up in the morning and you know why, and you're driven with a purpose and a passion for it, uh, then you'll know what to do. When you know why you want to invest and you know what's the purpose of me investing and actually putting my funds towards this stock, then you'll know what to do and you'll start gaining that knowledge and that information. When you know why you want to move, you're looking to move and it's not out of a selfish reason or just to get out of town and just to be my own thing, but rather you really want to challenge yourself and develop yourself. You'll know what to do. You'll know where to go. Um, God will just reveal things more and more, but you have to know the why. Anything you do, you have to get down to the why first. All the other details will iron themselves out and you'll figure things out as you go. Um, but that all comes from the reason and the purpose of why it is you're doing what you're doing. I, I do see the connection even to the first conversation. I'd say one of the biggest things is before you just go hop into a into a class on uh, on systematic theology or anything like that. Just ask the Holy Spirit for fresh revelation. Um, you know, ask him for wisdom that he would liberally give it to us. Um, if we ask him humbly, how we draw near to him and he reciprocates. You, you have to know that unless the Holy Spirit reveals something to you, you're really not going to learn it. You're going to have a lot of head knowledge, but when it comes down to brass tacks, it's got to be something that that you know in your heart. Which actually is the theological um, topics I'm I've been learning um, a lot about. Again, I think that like Calvinism or Augustinian versus uh, Arminianism, or sometimes called the Wesleyan. That's one of the greatest conversations. It's maybe one of my favorite conversations to have with uh, with a group of people. But ultimately, again, if, if the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal it to you, you'll never know it. And I mean, that can be disappointing. Even for me, I am a big information sponge. I love to learn things. I took a physics class. As you probably remember me asking you all these like physics questions when I was in this physics class, was it interesting to me? Oh yeah, definitely. Was it pertinent to my life? No. Even if you aren't just a big like information sponge like me, I think that every Christian is really called to be a knower of God's word. I think without that, you risk either, and I've been in maybe both of these camps, either just knowing about God and really not knowing him, or maybe being like caught up in hype. And then your Bible study is pretty weak. That is a huge danger. If you just know a lot about God, but never go like spend time with him personally, do you even know him? Like you may know about him, it really has to be all God, like doing the work. So that's why that's why it's so important just to just to ask him for revelation. He gives it liberally. I think it's important to remember that non-believers read the Bible as well. People study the Bible and they're not necessarily believers. So you can know a lot about God, but not actually know him. And I just think back to Moses um, at the Mount Sinai, just in the book of Exodus. And Moses was like, hey, show me your glory. Like, I want to see you personally. I want to know you personally. I don't want to just hear rumors about you and just get words and, and messages through someone else. I want to come and experience your presence directly. I want to know you personally. Uh, I'm tired of just chasing answers and knowledge. I want to come to know uh, you as a person and as a friend uh, and as a father. Uh, and I think at some point, sooner or later, we have to get to that point. I was spending some time with some uh, people this past weekend and um, they weren't believers, but they were asking great questions about God and about the Bible and about religion. And we just had a great conversation and just talking about all things. And they just they were just so stumped and just like, man, there's so much about God that we don't understand and we want to learn more and we want more answers. And I said, hey, you can ask all the questions you want and you can wrestle and you can just try to look for more answers. But at the end of the day, 
you need to kind of surrender and stop looking for answers and start looking for a person. And his name is Jesus. Anything and everything you could ever need and understand and desire is found in the person of Jesus. You can't just have this head knowledge and understand why this and why that and why does God allow suffering? And you know, what where does the enemy fit into this? And you know, heaven and hell and all this. At the end of the day, you have to get to this point where it's like, all right, Lord, I'm stumped. I don't understand it all. I just want to know you. I just want to see you personally. I just want to have a close, intimate relationship with you. Would you just show me your glory? Would you show me your face? Show me your heart and just reveal yourself to me in a way that you haven't done to anybody else. And he will reveal himself to you in a spectacular, amazing way that he has not done to anybody else because he's that kind of a God um, that is personal and that he understands what you need. He understands your questions and he's not afraid of your emotions or your anger and he'll meet you right where you're at and heal you and fulfill you. And I think this is where some people describe the Bible as a living document and the sort of like living document aspect of it. No, your Bible does not have a heartbeat, a literal heartbeat. I think what that phrase means is the revelation aspect of it. Once you have an established You've been justified, your heart has been renewed, you have come alive to the reality of Christ and the immeasurable worth of Christ, what he did for you, what you could never repay. Um, Once you come alive to that fact, once you have the Holy Spirit living within you, you start to pick up on, again, these sort of revelations of things that you could have read a million times. You start to get fresh insights to it, sort of deposited to you. That's really what that is, is you just get you just get an added insight into something um, in God's word. I think that's what that means um, for God's word to be to be living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, all of that. Part of that is um, is the revelation uh, piece, if not holy, uh, W-H-O-L-L-Y, not H-O-L-Y. Uh, holy, the concept of being a living and active document, it's that revelation piece. And if you don't have the revelation, um, which only God gives, we can't like barter with God and say, hey, you know, I'm going to read my Bible for an hour every day for the next seven days. If only you give me the revelation. It's only by God, by God's design, his timing, um, which is a whole conversation um, in theology uh, called uh, election. So I have uh, plenty of uh, pointers in, in case anybody wants to maybe get started in um, learning anything about about studying God's word in a, a systematic way. But I mean, just on this on this past conversation, if the Lord's not blessing it, if you're laboring in vain, um, it's possible for you to be a great theologian and never, never know God. I don't think that is maybe ever the case. Maybe it is, but you can certainly know about the Bible and never know the one that wrote it, which is a very sad thing. Um, I hope no believer in the, in the fullness of time ever finds themselves in that position of, of saying, Lord, Lord, um, you know, we cast out demons in your name. We prophesied in your name. And he says, you know, I, I never knew you. You. So this is really a cautionary tale about, about studying theology. Don't get so wrapped up in just learning about the Bible. You've got to take it back to the father. You have to, you have to build your relationship with him as well. And it's annoying that it, it is such a hard process because life is hard and there's certainly no shortage of difficulties in life. If your life is a cakewalk, this is you know, tying back to our first conversation, you're not learning anything. You're backpedaling. The same can uh, can be said in uh, in this context as well. It's it's completely possible that you learn so much about the Bible just to make yourself fit in and feel nice and feel like you understand God and you know boost yourself up with this sense of like spiritual pride. But if you never actually know Christ personally, you're doing it in vain. Probably doing it like to look good. I, I think I've probably been there where um, I just wanted to know what did the Bible contain. 
but I never connected it back to the person of God, the personage of God. Once you make that connection, it makes it so much richer. If you did want to like take like a next step, say that this is something that's interesting to you. If your church offers a systematic theology class, or if there's like um, some leadership figure that is knowledgeable in this area, take them up on that. Uh, take them up on that. But um, one of the best ways that you can learn is with other believers. So I'd say discuss these concepts with other believers and believers that you disagree with. That was very helpful to me. Um, I remember um, I discussed these concepts when they when they when they were fresh on my mind with I think like four or five people, maybe sometimes six people, and there would always be one person that I dissented with. Um, not one person specifically, but just in the group you know, sort of floating about any given topic, there would always be at least one person that would sharpen me. What that helped me to understand is what I don't understand. Because if you just discuss these things with people that you agree with, it's just an echo chamber, you're not going to learn anything. Um, You do need that dissent. Some resources. Um, I have a book called Systematic Theology by an author um, named Wayne Grudem, G-R-U-D-E-M. Massive book, super helpful. Um, uh, check out that if you are interested um, in uh, reading about it. Um, John Piper is one of my favorite authors, uh, super hard to read uh, sometimes, um, super knowledgeable guy. I've, I've got a book called uh, Providence that is very much related to these things. Also, um, in, in the uh, sort of like Calvinism, Armenianism, a really good like middle of the road guy. Um, his name is A.W. Tozer. He is a wealth of information um, as well. So I'll just give you those three resources. Um, definitely check out any any number of them as you uh, as you study it yourself. Thank you so much for um, coming to the show and for just giving your thoughts on like everything. This was such a good conversation. I had so much fun with this. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And honestly, man, I'm probably going to be milking this recording for like three or four episodes. So you might be seeing a lot of episodes uploaded. Um, I had a lot of fun on this recording. And I just tell you, man, you're just one of my closest friends. And I mean that honestly. And, you know, we talk so much about having good friends and having godly friends uh, who sharpen you, who correct you, who bring out the best in you. And and you're definitely one of those people for me. And I'm just super grateful for our friendship over the years. And even after you've moved, uh, we've been still able to keep in touch and just to have these awesome conversations. Um, and I just believe the best is yet to come for you, that you're just going to continue on to grow uh, in your knowledge um, of the Lord. And you're going to grow in your friendships and just make a difference um, in Chicago and just be a light for Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube to keep up with all our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our conversation, be sure to share this with a friend or on your socials. We'll see you again for the next episode of Beyond the Surface.